Welcome to episode 69 of the Movie City Maniacs. On tonight's episode, our coverage of The Thing begins with the original adaptation, The Thing from Another World from 1951. Welcome to episode 69 of the Movie City Maniacs. I'm Maddie. And I'm Kyle. And we're going to uh, cover our favorite sexual positions. <laughs> that actually would be amazing. Like, the 69 greatest sex scenes in movies. Like, nine and a half, was it nine and a half weeks is the one? Like the last yeah. Penguin Paris where he uses butter to kind of get off in there. Ah, <laughs> uh, gross. Um, American history actually gets raped in the shower. <laughs> Yeah, my top ten is just all prison. <laughs> yeah, movies. all prison, right? <laughs> but like, it's not even like canned heat and like sexy prison. It's all like dude on dude, like Oz type shit. Yeah. Hey, man. Well, dude on dude could be really uh, hot for some people out there, you know. Hey, we're not here to judge. Yes, I'm we're... not so much worried about the actual like uh, dude on dude shit. I'm worried about the, the actual rape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's more the rape than the dude on dude. Um, rape is a very yeah. What are we talking about here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're here we're... to talk. <laughs> The exact opposite of like a sexy movie, right? Yeah, we're going to we're going back to the fifties when it was a a more uh, classic and um, proper time. You know what's weird? Okay, before we get into it, I want to get into it. There is a game that the uh, two uh, co leads are playing where they're tying each other up and like force feeding each other yeah. drinks, which I thought was kind of like fun and playful, but like a little a, risque for a, a time. touch of sexy. You know, what I'm I saying? think I think that I think that scene is one of the two scenes that uh, was edited out for the longest time, like when it hit um, TV and and um, VHS release and stuff. Because they weren't like allowed to do bodies, but it wasn't like sexy. It was more like uh, they were yeah. just playful. Well, we'll, we'll talk yeah, about right. the, the Nikki character is very. Uh, oh, she time, is opinion, like coquettish, but, isn't yeah. she? But, um, yeah, we are beginning our uh, coverage of the Thing series. We've been wanting to do this for a while, but it's, you know, we figure the winter weather. Why not? We're going to start off with the Thing from Another World from 1951. Mm-hmm. Then we'll lead into John Carpenter's Thing. And then we'll uh, finish it off with the prequel slash remake. All the thing. Simply titled The Thing, yeah. So, uh, yeah, but before we jump into it, uh, anything exciting in your life? Any movies you watch that you want to talk about? You or? know what? I've been watching a 2019 movies. Like, uh, pretty much that's been my last couple of months so i haven't really watched anything and yeah we uh if you're new to the show we do do our um best of 2019 we usually do a separate horror and then general episode but we usually don't get those out until february because it gives us enough time to watch a lot of the movies come out pretty much on blu-ray and dvd or on streaming services in january late january so we always try to we don't get to see everything in theater so we always do that episode in february so we're not doing a, a top 10 but we haven't seen like the five 
yeah. movies that everyone else has on their list. So, and I, I get it. Like, I wish we could do the end of December. I feel like, like when December is over, so I want to watch hard, them. But like, right? You even listen to those episodes, and they're like, "Yeah, we didn't get a chance to see this, this, and this." Yeah. And then sometimes, like, a movie comes out a week after they get that episode out. So, I feel yeah. if you really want to cover everything, I guess you could maybe do it in January. But I think February is really the way if you want to see everything. And yeah. I feel like. I, I don't know about you, but I'm getting close to seeing a lot of the movies I wanted to you see. You want to check out? Yeah, I saw the blockbusters throughout the uh, year. Yeah, yeah. But like the, something like Parasite, like the ones that are like the uh, festival circuits, I'm and having well, a hard time Well, we just saw saying. Uncut Gems, yeah. which was, again, the first way we could really see yeah. that where we live. I mean, it might have been playing in L.A. a couple weeks ago. but And, yeah, again, we won't talk about too much about the 2019 because we'll talk about them yeah. then uh, on those episodes. You know, those usually go for three hours yeah. a pop. So there'll be plenty of time to talk about all 2019 movies then. Uh, I'm kind of the same way. The only thing I have been watching because I wanted to lead up into John Wick 3 from 2019 Mm. is I had only seen the first John Wick uh, that came out in 2014. I wasn't as enamored with it as everyone else was. I was like, I don't know if I wasn't in the right mood. I was just like, ah, that was kind of fun, but there's no really plot to it. And there's some cool action scenes, but I didn't feel like there was anything I hadn't seen before. Yeah. Were you a fan? Are I enjoyed fan? John Wick a lot, okay. actually. So I rewatched it, and I'm a convert now. Like, it's, oh, yeah? uh, I just totally had, I don't know if I was in the right mood. I just had a blast. I thought the action was great. There's not much to the story. It's a simple revenge story, but what, it works. The, the trope of, like, we've seen the trope of killing the dog before for movies, but, yeah. like, this one did it kind of well. You know what I'm I saying? I don't know if we have. Has that been ever a revenge? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the, the there's a lot in, like, when it came, I guess this might have been the first, but there is, like, a Western. That is, like, a Western trope, man. Where someone kills the dog? Yeah, and he, he goes after him for, like, because they oh. killed the dog. Yeah. Uh, I want to hear some titles next time, Maddie. Okay, well, well, there's one that, uh, that came out like four years ago uh, starring, uh, what's the dude? It was uh, oh, well, In right, the Valley of Violence. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But uh, yeah, I guess that would have been after John Wick. I think that yeah. one was. Uh, maybe it was a, a thing after then. No, but like I think it was like from like, the 1960s, 70s, yeah. and 80s, yeah. Well, listeners, if you're listening, if Maddie's telling the yeah. truth, uh, let us know some, the titles. I'd love to hear him if he's bullshitting us, which I believe to be the case. Let yeah. us know. But yeah, either way, I, I just said to kill your fucking dog one of these days. You know that. <laughs> That's terrible, Maddie. Terrible to even joke about that. But um, yeah, what, what I realized, I think what really fascinated me this time around was the world that they created. Like, Oh, it's awesome, right? It's a, there's assassins everywhere, apparently, in this world. And there's like a hotel for assassins. And there's a right? hotel for assassins. They have a code. <laughs> as long as you're in this hotel, you can't. Kill. kill each other which is kind of cool so like you could be sitting there with the guy that's trying to kill you across the uh, table but you guys can't do anything and if you break the rules there are consequences oh there's like it's like torture it's Ian McShane right is like the uh, well not, I think it, yeah. it, I don't know if I'm spoiling well yeah. I'll just say one of the characters at the end of this movie just gets killed oh. it's like ah oh, you killed someone in the hotel boom you're dead oh, so I, I like that whole world I love Ian McShane like he yeah, could do yeah. anything I would be like I'm, I'm in well it's got a great cast like I like seeing John Wigozamo in there yeah. like it's just got a, a lot of character actors that you haven't really seen, you know, maybe be in a lot of mainstream big budget movies lately. Yeah. I'm sure they've been doing a lot of like uh, straight to video stuff, but it, it's nice to see them all in this. Like, I, I don't know, I, I enjoyed most of it. Um, so yeah, I would probably give John Wick, what would I give it? I, I think originally I gave it um, 6.5. I think originally I gave it like 6.57. I would probably go 7.5, oh, maybe yeah. even 8. Maybe I'll even go 8 on oh, this. Oh, you one. went higher, eh? So I, I really dug it this time. I was so excited that I actually threw on uh, John Wick Chapter 2 from 2017. Oh. And this movie is uh, even expands that world, whereas mm-hmm. now they introduce these markers. And I guess like it kind of retcons what happened the first one a little bit though because i believe like he said like you know i had to do this job for the for the the russian leader or whatever in the first film and that's how he got out but in this one you find out well he also had to give this uh this other guy a marker 
this mob boss or whatever, not mob, I guess, uh, crime KGB. leader. But he had to give him this marker where you put your bloody uh, fingerprint on it, you give it to the person, and if they ever need you to do a job, you can always pull it to. out and you got to get back in. Uh, so now that John Wick just killed a bunch of people in part one, he comes with a marker saying, well, if you're back in, you got to do this job. John Wick turns him down and uh, and then learns from McShane's character that yeah. you can't turn it down. Like, if you turn it down, then we have to kill you pretty uh, much. Yeah. So he either has to do this mission, and then, you know, if he wants to, you can kill the guy afterwards, but he has to do the mission first, and the mission is to kill his sister. John Wick's like, sister? No, the crime oh. Wick's sister. Have you not seen Chapter 2? I haven't seen Chapter 2. Uh, so anyways... Is, this, is the title, like, John Wick 2? I think it's Let's Chapter 2. Wicked. I think it's just John Wick uh. Chapter 2. But this sets off a whole, because she's also a big crime lord, so this sets off a whole big turn of events where uh, her team wants revenge on John Wick but then the guy that sent her on the mission wants to remove all loose ends so he sends his team out on John Wick and then he also yeah. puts up like a, a 7 Bounty. million dollar reward uh, for all the assassins to take out John Wick so Everyone is after. So John this is Wick pretty much like film. Smoke and Aces with like uh, more action. Yeah, well, it's, it's kind of yeah. like because part one they do the same thing where yeah. I think he puts out a reward and it's like three million. But this yeah. one, like again, it, it just shows how ridiculous it is. But you're yeah. if you can just accept the ridiculousness yeah. and the you know the concept of the world because there's a scene where they send out the message and it's like every ten feet he goes there's another <laughs> assassin that's like you know. But it, it's, everybody it's in fun. this world's an assassin apparently. Yeah, but it, and like he he'll start killing someone like in the middle of a busy subway and like. It just seems like anytime he kills someone in the middle of a dance club, usually like in real life, if there's a gun off, everyone runs. Yeah. And this one, everyone just keeps on doing their thing. <laughs> the the, the hockey talk bartender starts playing his old PA. Yeah. <laughs> and then everyone's go back to their I drink. I mean, again, unless it's sure. supposed to be that these places that mm-hmm. it's happening at is known and it's like if you're there, you know that it's going to get killed. But I don't, I don't, again, on the subway, I don't think that's the key. But again, you just have to accept all that. Mm-hmm. There's some, again, great action in here, some really cool cinematography. And it's just fun seeing all the various, like, there's like, you know, female that's playing her uh, instrument and all of a sudden she puts it away and tries to kill him and then there's like this huge big big fucking just fat guy that yeah. he attacks him like it's just fun seeing the variety of assassins and then I don't want to spoil but it does set up a really cool it's going to get even harder for John Wick for chapter 3 oh. so I'm pretty excited to watch that the reviews for that one have been pretty solid as well so I'm, I'm really digging the series I would probably give chapter 2 again another 7.5 oh, get out of here! I enjoyed it just as much um, and yeah, I'm totally pumped for John Wick Chapter Three. So everyone's been loving the series, and I didn't get it, but yeah. I, I, I'm, I think I'm starting to get it now. <clears throat> I really enjoyed Chapter One. I don't know why I didn't really fall into Chapter Two. Yeah, you two. should check it out. I mean, I saw them on on Prime, but um, I mean, I guess they're they're older films. Part One, Two, you could easily. I feel it like uh, signing up to Prime is like like giving into defeat. Like oh, okay, another streaming service. Yeah, I bitch. to be honest, I don't think Prime yeah. is that good. At least in Canada, I think in the states it's a lot better. But I'm kind of like I'm gonna do my one. I needed to do it for a Christmas gift yeah. to get it in time for Christmas. But I think when my month is up, I don't know if I'm gonna. You're gonna it. sign up for even a, now. I'm kind of like I don't think we need a Disney Plus. I mean, the kids have been watching yeah. it, but I think they would have survived on just the cartoons on Netflix. Yeah, there's not really much on Disney Plus either, other than the Mandalorian. That's so. right. That's the only thing I would actually be interested in watching. I'm finding out. Yeah, I don't know. Again, I'm just. I know everyone thinks. Yeah, you know, why do you buy Blu-rays? It's mm-hmm. just for these stream services this is the reason why because 90% of my collection is not on there I mean yeah. unless you're into like movies from the past 5 years 10 years yeah there's there's not too much on there yeah, I, you can't I, find much 80 shit or like 90 no. shit it's... You, yeah or, and don't even think about 50, 60, 70s yeah. um, but I, I, I'm kind of excited I heard um uh, there's a at least in the states I don't know if it's coming to Canada called HBO Now and that will be HBO plus all the 100 years of Warner films oh so, awesome so you'll get the DC films you'll get the Harry Potter all that stuff but um, yeah I don't know they, they, all the streams even Shutter I think like 
when my time's up, I'm going to yeah. unsubscribe. And then maybe I'll subscribe again in October and watch yeah. everything I miss. But I just feel like there's not enough new content yeah. to really keep these services. Like, And, you know, I, I think Netflix is good enough for now. At least Netflix has that balance of, like, kids' movies and adult movies. Whereas, mm-hmm. again, Disney more gears towards kids. kids unless you are really passionate about all the animated and Pixar and shit, which I'm not. Um, but anyways... Do you have anything to talk about then, or should we just uh, jump let's, into Let's jump it? into the thing from a different planet. <laughs> the thing from a different planet. Yeah, the thing from uh, the outer space things. Okay, well, here's we're going to throw up the trailer, guys, for the thing from another world from 1951, and then we'll be back in about two, three minutes. The thing from another world. This is the spot where it was first seen. And these are the first people who saw the thing. How did it get here? Where did it come from? What is it? That thing's alive, sir. I saw it. I shot at it. I hit it. I know it. Nothing happened. It just kept coming at me, making a noise like a cat mewing. Captain, it was awful. You could have seen those hands and those eyes. Captain, you've got to do something about it. You've got... Is it human or inhuman? Earthly or unearthly? Baffling questions. Astounding questions that not even the world's greatest scientific minds can answer. Gentlemen, do you realize what we've found? A being from another world as different from us as one pole from the other. If we can only communicate with it. See? What happened, Doctor? In the greenhouse I was working, I couldn't see. Yeah. Then, then a blast of cold air and I heard Olsen scream. Come here. Get in the corner. Now hold this in front of you. Stay by the light switch. 1.9. Needles hit the top. At a remote Arctic outpost, scientists and American Air Force officials fend off a bloodthirsty alien organism after accidentally thawing it out. Yes, we are here to talk about The Thing from Another World from 1951. A great concept for a movie, man. Like I've seen this, and it's done so many times. Well, again, it all goes back to... The, the short the short story uh, I think it's who goes story, there who goes there from uh, the John W Campbell Jr wrote mm. uh, surprisingly like all, a lot of these ideas and actually I, I was surprised too the Carpenter's version is actually pretty exact to the book I mean I'll they change a here. little things but a lot of that stuff that he put in that movie was already in the book um, I, like, I thought this was kind of like a replication of the book like, no oh, no this I guess they didn't have the uh, technology to make it yeah I think they I, I read that they did mention they wanted to have uh, an organism that could possibly yeah. change into people and they they even did some drawings and stuff we saw like a, a vine or something changing yeah. to a hand but yeah they just didn't have the money to do it right but yeah, yeah, the, this movie is uh, it's taking the very basic of idea of scientists at a base finding a spaceship, finding the the body and the alien organism in the ice, bringing it back, and then the alien is attacking them on the base. But other than that, it doesn't really have too much in common, yeah. which we can get into um, in a little bit. But yeah, what what a great story for that time, yeah, right? Like, 
you know, the alien <laughs> organism that can replicate and, and, and slowly it's taking over and these people are stuck in a, in a remote, yeah. you know, Arctic location a, with a storm raging that, on like, outside. And, Arctic um, claustrophobia is insane, right? Like having fear that you're getting there because you can't go for help. No one's coming to you. You got to be stuck with this being and there's no escape. Well, awesome, and even right? even by the end, I don't know if we're spoiling here, but by mm-hmm. the end, it's like it's shut off even the uh, yeah. the heat in the building, so they're kind of uh, they they know they're doomed. Yeah. Uh, so this version was directed by uh, Christian Nyby. He was mostly famous. I, I I was surprised. Like I think this was his first film, and then but it seems like like and, and this was a hit. But I, I kind of noticed for this for almost like everyone involved, like this was this big hit. But then everyone just kind of didn't do much. It's just weird, right? Jumped to like TV, and I mean, not saying he had a huge successful career. He went mm-hmm. on to like uh, direct tons of episodes for Rawhide and Perry Mason and Bonanza. I guess and TV was gone Lassie. at that point. TV was kind I, of the. Um, I don't know. Usually, like you, yeah. if you did a big movie, you'd continue doing movies. But yeah. and then he, I guess he was uh, also an editor. He did edit some big films like The Big Sleep in Red River. So maybe that okay. was kind of. his thing he was maybe a, a, a was film a editor and a tv director but i guess it could also have to do with the fact that there is this is like another poltergeist situation where who actually directed the film oh it's, I, it's a debate that's been raging on for a long time he didn't direct it but uh, who's the guy hank well um, howard howard hawks, howard hawks. Uh, produced it and he's a uh, of course the famous director and um yeah, there's been a debate going on who actually directed yeah. it. Um, Nyby stands by that he did direct it. Howard Hawks, I think, even said that he that Nyby did, but he mm-hmm. helped out once in a while. Various members of the cast mm-hmm. all have a different story to tell yeah. who directed it. So, but and it, it was, I guess, Howard Hawks' uh, company produced it, and he only paid of the fifty thousand director's fee. He only paid Nyby five thousand four hundred and sixty dollars of it. So, <laughs> so like next to nothing. Yeah, I don't know who who knows, but uh, it definitely feels more like a Howard Hawks style. Yeah. I know he was famous for the doing the the dialogue where it's kind of um, overlapping, overlapping dialogue. I loved how quippy this was. Like yeah. it seemed like they were just kind of going back and forth. Well, it even thinking talking yeah. of uncut gems, it yeah. reminded me of that. Where that's another movie yeah. like that, where it's like. There's never, there's everyone is always talking over each other. I like it because it makes it feel real, but at the same time, sometimes it's kind of like, okay, just I want to hear what this guy's saying. You miss a few things. (laughs) Yeah, but I I get it. I mean, that's how it would be if there's an alien in your building killing off people. You guys would all be yelling and stressed over each other and stuff. So it definitely does that. Well, even when they're all sitting around playing cards around like the uh, fireplace, I guess, at the. Alaskan outpost, but it wasn't an outpost, more of like the army base. They're still like ripping on each other, busting each other's balls, but they're like doing it in such a quick succession, yeah, yeah. like a Gilmore Girls uh, thing going on. <laughs> oh, I love how you just compared the thing from another world to the Gilmore Girls. Uh, the screenplay um, was written by Charles Letterer. Um, he was famous. He did uh, His Girl Friday, uh, okay. Kiss of Death, Monkey Business, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. Wow. So some some pretty big titles. Kind of an eclectic mix. I always yeah. find it fascinating. I mean, directors to an extent too, but writers, it seems like they can do like a noir, then yeah, they do a horror, crazy, sci-fi, right? a rom-com. Like, it's, I just think that would be so hard. You think you would be good at doing a certain yeah. thing, but... Um, he seemed to do it all. Uh, the score was done by Dimitri Tomkin, who was most famous for, uh, he's the guy that created the Rawhide theme song. Oh, get out of here. Rawhide. Um, he also did the, uh, theme song for Gunslinger. 
And then again, he, his kind of thing was Western. So he did, which would make sense because he probably would have yeah. worked with Howard Hawks, who was also famous Westerns. But he did uh, scores for Red River, High Noon, Gunfight at the OK Corral, the Alamo. And then he did do like um, some Hitchcock. He did Dial Him for Murder, Strangers on a Train, and the score for It's a Wonderful Life as well. So, That's crazy. Bit of a pedigree there. And yeah, I guess the cast, maybe we'll, maybe we'll talk about them as they come mm. up in the story, because I don't want to just kind of read off IMDb here. Yeah. So I guess we can jump into the, the plot, and then we'll talk about the cast as they come up, uh, and we'll do a little brief synopsis here. So uh, I guess the film opens up, as you mentioned, they're at... I guess military base... And, yeah, and uh, some reporter comes in. He's talking to them. Looking for a scope. <laughs> yeah, but they get sent on a mission. I guess I guess some scientists have called in because <clears throat> something, it's an unidentified aircraft has crashed uh, in, the, in the Arctic They think there. it's like, they cope down who they think it is. Could it be the Ruskies? Could it be the Canadians? Ah, Canadians have nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Could it be the, uh, they go down like all the uh, American enemies at that point. Yeah, yeah. Which the list goes on for about 15 Yeah, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, so these guys are going to, this team is going to be sent on this mission. You have, uh, yeah, the you have, as we mentioned, the journalist Ned Scoot goes with them. You have Captain uh, Pat Hendry, who's kind of the main, the lead of the, the movie. And then he's got his buddies, Lieutenant Eddie Dykes. There's a flight navigator in there. And then when you do get to the um, the Arctic outpost, there's a whole group of like ten or fifteen. Yeah, it's weird how many various people soldiers there and are, scientists. Right? Yeah, the, it, it is a big cast, and I guess comparing it to Carpenter's film, I did feel that a lot of these characters kind of blended in. Whereas yeah. I thought Carpenter's version did a better, and it's probably because they had more time. But Diversifying characters. Each character had their own look and and, mm-hmm. and style and feel. That this film, I did feel like, other than like the maybe the four lead yeah. characters, everyone did kind of blend in together. But yeah, going back to uh, Captain Pat- Patrick Hendry, he was played by Kenneth Toby, and he did uh, he did like Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms. It came from beneath the sea, so he did Fifty Sci-Fi, he did yeah. Gunfight at the OK Corral, and then a lot of like bit parts, like he was in Ben Walking Tall, the original Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry, oh crazy, um, and then like uh, Howling Gremlins one and two. Get One of his last here. films was Hellraiser Bloodline, but just like <laughs> tiny, tiny parts. Like uh, I don't even know if they're credited. He went out the back door. Yeah, like guy in background. Yeah. Actually, again, most of the cast did not really do too much. I was surprised. Um, we're going to talk about Nikki in a second, who is one of the cooler characters yeah. in the movie. But she, I, I guess I was reading, like she did this, did a couple of movies that she was on contract and then she went and had a kid and uh, Howard Hawks, like when she came back, her career, like she's like a movie or two and then disappeared. And he oh. said like, when she came back, she was like, he almost like it almost seems like he's shaming her for having a child, but like that, like having the the pregnancy by that time, her career, like he, she took too much time off and yeah. she was too adult when she came back, is pretty much how he described oh, like, it. And she's like a mom, now. yeah, exactly. Like, uh, yeah, so ew, like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I guess you know, actually, before we even get into to Nikki, I want to mention we totally forgot the opening credits. Oh, yeah, how great Which is was amazing. this? I was actually thinking about the same thing, like, wow, this is done crazy where well. the title slowly burns into the black yeah. background it's so well done i don't even know how they did that i'm trying to think it looks like, like almost like paper that they just kind of like, like burnt away yeah but it's so i mean it's so well done that carpenter yeah. did that it just stole that exact yeah. opening and, for his title you can't do anything better than that like, no. it was crazy good it's very time. yeah very memorable and again that's the thing about this this film and i mean i don't want to spoil too much my my overall thoughts but like 
I'm not going to say I loved it on the same level as, you know, the Carpenter yeah. version or anything. I don't think it's a masterpiece, but watching it, I do feel like there's a lot of things in it that were kind of ahead of its time. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of, like, because I've, I've watched a lot of 50s sci-fi horror, and I feel like this film kind of... It kind of stands head and shoulders above everything else. Yeah, like, yeah. Men from Mars. Like, even that scene when they find the um, a downed ship, and they go, find the circle, boys, and they kind of actually go oh, yeah, find cool. the edges, and it's just them, like... Figuring out what it is, yeah, they're the standing the size, in the, and they're like, "Oh, it's a circle. It, it must be so a, cool, a right?" But yeah, I, I just feel like like the way people talk in this, mm-hmm. it's not as like I don't know how to describe it. Like it's not as stiff as like others, and too, I would right? almost even like leave it to Beaver. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, some of those things everyone tie, everyone is so nice and t- like yeah. this one. They're they're kind of like there's a little bit more wit to their dialogue and sarcasm yeah. and whatnot, which which I well, enjoy. Okay, I got to ask you a question. Did you get the appearance or the uh, feeling that like the, uh, what's the young girl's name? Was it? Um, Nikki? Like Nikki, the, the one yeah. that he's flirting with. The, 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 the yeah. cute one. That she like left him passed out with a note on him. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you. They mentioned, they never described it. I yeah. tried looking up online to see if I missed it, but I guess they mentioned his soldiers are giving a hard time that she pulled some kind of prank on yeah, him. Yeah, I guess she drank him under the table and left a note on him and just left. Okay, so then his soldiers found that he was like passed out. Yeah, that's, what I, that's what I was thinking. That's what, that's what I clocked from okay. it, but I'm not sure if that was the yeah, actual it, it, case. There's definitely some prank that he was kind yeah. of angry about, but you never really know what it is. I guess yeah. it could be as simple as that. I thought she did something really embarrassing. Or, or, or maybe like she tied him up and left him like naked. Because like, <laughs> they do like, there was a game they were playing where he was all tied up and she was like feeding him drinks. Yeah. But um, yeah, she's a definitely a really cool character yeah. in this. She's she's witty. She, yeah, as you mentioned, she out drinks him, which you, you know mm. I don't think you saw that in too many female characters nah. at the time. And there's definitely even some flirtatious. Like it doesn't seem like. I mean, they're not fully going out saying yeah. that they. But there's definitely like you could tell that she's was you know I, yeah. I don't know a little bit aggressive. Which yeah, back then it was like no women were and there. She is if the guy so wanted to sleep with you, like she almost like a playful yeah. wink to her. Everything she says to him, she's she's kind of like busting his balls, but in like a nice cute. I way. I guess what I'm saying, she seems like more of a female that would be in a movie yeah. this time. Whereas back it. then it was like the female were there for kind of yeah. to look nice in the background and to be there when a guy needs uh, yeah. to kiss uh, a woman the, or something. The, the, or, the thing would steal her and they would have to rescue her. Yeah. Yeah, how it usually so, plays out. I thought that was nice, and throughout the film, even when every time she comes in, she's kind of got that, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, playfulness to her, I guess. But I liked her character. Um, but yeah, when we get to this this base, you do learn that these scientists have found the ship. There's one scientist, Doctor Carrington, who's kind of not really the villain of the movie, but kind of in the sense like, yeah, he wants to know what's going on, and you know, they have to follow uh, the protocol of yeah. the the uh, army, the U.S. Is it the army or I think it's like Na- Navy. I think the Navy is different. Yeah. There. The U.S. Navy, um, but he doesn't want it. And he's like, ah, oh, you know, it's our it's our duty yeah. to you know, if we have an alien organism to. Uh, this is definitely, I think, at a weird time when like scientists were kind of uh, reviled in a weird way. Yeah, I guess it was like right after the bomb was dropped. Yeah, and like that. Yeah, so it's exactly. Kind of like, Ooh, uh, we're kind of fucking around with like God, so uh, I guess that was kind of a what this movie was. I guess about yeah, yeah, one of, yeah, exactly. One of the definitely one of the the big themes throughout it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Doctor Carrington, he he did War of the Worlds, whatever happened to Baby Jane, some other stuff. But again, I was surprised that a lot of these guys didn't do at least a lot. I guess I should say some of them did have big filmographies, but not really stuff mm-hmm. that you know would stand out to a genre fan I guess well as I was saying earlier when I came in there was one dude who looked exactly like my buddy Jess's dad so I'm like I was gonna send her a post but I was kind of like drunk at the time so like ah it might not be but in the morning I woke up like that is her dad (laughs) and I guess it was one dude I forget the guy's name but uh, he did the voice of Burger Meister Meister Burger okay and like a year without Santa he did the voice of Santa yeah he did the Santa Claus and Law of the Rankin and Bass and stuff yeah I was trying to see 
figure out who he is because again this movie throws a lot of like scientists yeah and soldiers a lot of at you soldiers. and it's like who is who i don't i don't remember mm-hmm. but it, it wasn't actually your friend's dad because <laughs> no it, I, I don't <laughs> know man like, oh. he he's a kind of interesting dude so it might have been him <laughs> um but anyways yeah so they they do get to this crash um, I love that these guys, and I think this is in the book, but so they set up these thermite bombs to uh, thaw, thaw out the uh, ice around the ship. And the difference between this and the book and the, even the Carpenter film, I think in the book, it's like this, this spaceship uh, crashed there like 10 million years ago. And I think in the Carpenter, so it's like a couple hundred thousand. Yeah. And this film, like it just crashed like a couple days it ago just or landed. something. Um, yeah, it's, it's a recent thing. But it is frozen over and they have these thermite bombs they are going to try to thaw it out. But they accidentally like blow up the <laughs> yeah, ship. That's weird, right? It just seems like, you know, and the- <laughs> you idiots. <laughs> <laughs> well, and even later on, so they do. They find this alien body, and it's frozen in ice. And they say we have to keep it there until we get the orders. But the one guy has because it's so cold there. Um, a, heater? A, a heating blanket and he accidentally throws the heating blanket and then thaws the alien out yeah. and then that which sets upon the alien going on the rampage almost like a, these soldiers aren't that smart yeah. are they <laughs> I guess that's why they're in Alaska right if they were smart they'd be like on the front lines doing shit like yeah. some of these dummies up to the frozen this, yeah, this probably they is. can't fuck up anything up there right well that's the end of every film yeah. you always see like the bad you know the, yeah. and the soldiers the guy that was the idiot or the villain in the movie yeah. and it's like oh he got sent up to Arctic for fucking up <laughs> exactly. this is that group yeah, of people exactly. from every film this is the fuck ups of the uh, the U.S. and uh, Army and Navy and whatnot. Um, but as you mentioned, there's a really cool scene where they're kind of spreading out and they determine that uh, by the shape the of the UFO. But anyways, yeah, so they bring this alien back. Um, the storm does worsen, and I believe you learn that they're stuck there? Yeah. Which is from the, the movie. Getting, uh, no radio contact inside or outside. So they yeah. Can't. Well, they kind of have it, but it's kind of like fishy. Shoddy. Yeah. But anyways, uh, they accidentally, as I mentioned, release this alien and he goes on the rampage and that kind of sets the story into play. A blaze. um, Yeah, it's just this alien chasing him through the building and going in and out of the building, I guess. Yeah. Um, Okay, did you notice, I was uh, watching this documentary ages ago and like uh, Joe Dante was talking about how every time they open a door... In that movie, it is insane. So I was, yeah. I was clocking it. They're going through doors, constantly opening and closing, opening and closing. So that one time comes when the door opens, you're not expecting anything. Yeah, that's that's yeah. like one of the best jump scares. Yeah. Like, that got me. Yeah, right? Because um, it's standing the doors, right there. Are, they're constantly yeah. going through doors, right? Um, well, we, I guess we should mention, so the first time you do see the alien chases the guy, and then they find it, they see it outside, and it's whipping the dogs around. It's this That's fucked up, guy. right? <laughs> He's kind of, um, so the biggest change, I guess, from the book and the movie mm-hmm. is the book and all the other adaptations, the alien is this... Uh, shapeshifter. You know, shapeshifter, and take on the memories and thoughts, I believe, of the, the character. And this one, it's like almost like a big Frankenstein looking Yeah. Movie. I think he even said, like, Howard Hawks, when they couldn't figure out a design, he said, like, just... Still Frankenstein. Like Frankenstein. <laughs> well, and then there's even there's even they even say like um, I guess we can get into it's and this one you find out it's not an animal but it's actually a plant based organism. And that was weird, right? And they kind of say they call it a super carrot, like it kind of yeah. looks like a big carrot. <laughs> and I know James Arness who played the thing. Who was like the lead on Gunsmoke for all like all the TV series and the movies? Yeah. He did them. He was kind of like a, a well regarded actor, yeah. and he was so embarrassed. <laughs> by his role in this movie that he didn't even attend the premiere. I guess. Oh, that's amazing. Even it's a big movie, I guess. The fact that he's this big Frankenstein <laughs> carrot-looking dude. Um, How do you explain that to girls? Like, yeah, I'm the big Frankenstein carrot-looking motherfucker over here. But again, they do a pretty good job considering, like, I think if the alien looked 
I think this film would be even scarier and more memorable yeah. if it did have a better look. Yeah. But I think considering it kind of is a little bit goofy looking yeah. for that, like because it, it seems like the serious science horror film, whereas this character kind of fits like it'd be more in like a really cheesy a hammer movie, right? a B movie kind of sci fi horror film. So I think considering its look, I mean, they do a good job of creating yeah. scares. And it, during this fight with the dog, it loses its arm. I thought that was kind of cool, right? Uh, you find out that it's like its fingers are almost like vines, like thorny vines and stuff like that. And so. the hand looked really cool because it had like weird knuckles on it too, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And they also learn that, uh, as we mentioned, it's plant-based, but also that it's impervious to bullets and it feeds off blood. That's It, it kills and drains. That was cool, blood. right? And they mentioned like later on that like it killed two soldiers and they found them like hung upside down with their throat but, slashed. But they which didn't is, like, show any of that, right? No, like, there's rumors that it was shot and had to be cut because it was too gory, but um, I don't know how true that is. I was thinking, what is the body count in this movie? Like, I was actually thinking about that in the shower today. Like, I don't big. think there's any, is there? Like, the dogs well, die. Two. Like, yeah, you're on camera, I don't know if there's too yeah. many. But and then the Doctor Carrington, who's kind of like the evil scientist in this, he takes the hand and he's creating these like little plants. plants. And the plants looked kind of dope because they're kind of breathing a little they're, bit. Well, eh? they're feeding off the blood. They're yeah. like these alien plants that. So he has these like, bottle of exoplasms that he's like feeding these yeah. plants. And then yeah, I mean, we'll talk a little bit about a couple more scenes, but I guess we don't need to go through the whole plot. We don't want to spoil it all. But uh, it's pretty much this alien creature is going in and out. And trying and atta- attacking them, they fight it off. It escapes, and then and, until they have to mm-hmm. finally finish it off. What, one scene I don't know if you noticed: the guy comes in after because he's out in the cold, and he's like, yeah. "Oh, my hands frostbitten." The guy says, "Get some cold water on that thing right away," or something. Yeah, that's weird. I right? was reading it. I guess like that's like a false information. I guess at the time they thought that cold water would help frostbite, and that's completely bullshit. Oh, it just makes it worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's not a real thing. That's bad. Like. <laughs> So I thought that was like, when I heard that I'm like really and then like that was in one of the trivia I read that do not do the, oh is that like like an old timey like uh, uh, saying like don't wake a sleepwalker or like that kind of shit that like they yeah. thought was true back yeah, in the day that exactly, is no longer exactly. I guess we have to mention so there's a lot of cool scenes of the alien but the highlight has got to be. The fire scene. That is insane, right? They so, just throw these buckets of yeah, they, gasoline. They've, they've discovered that it's, yeah. it, it hides out in the cold and survives, so fire they think will kill it. Yeah. So their plan is, when they see it, yeah, they have buckets of kerosene. They're going to throw it and then light it up. But this scene has to be seen to be believed. Like, I showed people at work because yeah. I was like, this is insane how they did this back then. Like, if they did this scene now, it would oh. have no effect. It would just be CGI and you wouldn't really care. Yeah. And it'd be this, like, you're seeing them throw... Buckets of fire. And it explodes everywhere. Yeah, like, you cannot control fire. This yeah. shit, like, shoot, you see it shoot back in everyone. Yeah. You see it, like, almost run up them. Yeah. The the woman's hiding behind the pillow, and he scrapes that, and that lights on fire, which is really cool. But then, like, you see that whole thing get torched yeah. up. Like, I, I don't, yeah. It, the actors gotta be like, what, this, I Yeah, what, you had to be shit in your pants. I, I guarantee yeah. I was trying to, like, find, like, someone had to have been injured yeah. or something. And I think that was back before they were using gels and stuff, I believe. like so I it's think just actual kerosene? Well, it said, uh, so um, it was a stuntman playing the part of the thing. Yeah. He wore an asbestos suit, <laughs> which is great. So all those people probably yeah, honestly. burnt asbestos with a special fiberglass helmet with an auction supply underneath. He used a 100% oxygen supply, which was highly combustible. It was pure luck he didn't burn his lungs while breathing in the mixture. Oh, that's <laughs> fucked up. But yeah, I, I'm pretty sure this was before they were using the gels to kind of like, so you could last longer. Yeah. Um, we're not giving it justice. You have to see it, the scene. Like, it's amazing. The neglect yeah. of everybody in this scene is insane. Like, I just it's negligent. Back then, we're like, it feels real. And it's like, those people were actually probably scared because yeah. they were actually possibly could have died. <laughs> 
So I don't know. There's just something about seeing that. Whereas again, mm-hmm. now it would just be CGI fire and you wouldn't care and it'd yeah. be more controlled and it'd be like, we want this to be perfectly. That thing, there was no control. Yeah. It was like, and you can even everything see, was just lighting up everywhere. They are throwing buckets of this. So it just splashes yeah. everywhere. And you just see it kind of like overtake the entire room. And they do it twice. Yeah, it, it's it's insane. Um, I guess we don't have to spoil too much else i mean they that does not well spoil saying that does not kill him (laughs) the creature and um they have they set up i guess i'll I'll say they kind of set up their plan is to they learn electricity may kill it and they kind of set up this um electrical fly trap thing and uh you know i won't we won't spoil too much i don't think we need to it does end though with a famous uh where the reporter keep watching the skies is giving yeah how great is that line he's giving his big report and yeah the keep watching the skies which this is the movie i didn't realize this is the one that made that line famous like from this point on everyone you know would use that for sci-fi books and everything and all that because and it was of course referring to ufos but also the red scare and the yeah the threat of uh, nuclear weapons I wasn't putting my thinking brain on watching this movie, but the, as I started thinking about it, like at night, I'm like, wow, this is actually like a definitely like a watch out for Russians. Oh yeah, kind yeah, of movie, yeah. Right. Well, and it was also, I mean, this was a time of, of communism, right? Yeah. So this was also communism, McCarthyism, and yeah. all that uh, in the in the themes there for sure. Um, I I mean, it's it's no. It's no surprise this film the, had a huge impact on every... I was about to say the inspiration for like everything that I loved, even going into like the 90s and stuff like that, like Thaw, the movie Thaw is pretty much based on this. Oh, the, yeah. uh, the X-Files episode where they're all... Yeah, up, I yeah. think that's called Thaw as well. Like when they're up there, like I think that's called Ice, maybe Ice. Is that the like? one with Kenny yeah, Banya? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, and it, it really uh, is reminiscent of this movie, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. I mean, you could even argue. I, I doubt it is, but I'm trying to think yeah. of like what other big horror films were kind of like stuck in a remote location, yeah. having to fight off. I mean, obviously, this is before Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, uh, I'm sure. I, I don't think it was the first because we would have read about it, but it was definitely one of the big ones for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this, I mean, obviously John Carpenter, before he even did the thing, you know, he had the, his characters watching this on the TV yeah. and, and Halloween, of course. But yeah, Ridley, Ridley Scott, John Frankenheimer, Tommy Hooper, a lot of them uh, talked about how, how great important and influential this film was to them. Um, it was a huge hit. It had a budget of uh, roughly 40000 then, which I think would equate to 370000 now. Um, that doesn't seem like that much, does it? <laughs> no, but uh, it, it made, uh, I don't know if this would have made in, in that money. It must be what it made converted to now, but it made one one million nine hundred fifty thousand. So even if you look at it as the converted yeah. three hundred seventy thousand to that, that's it's still pretty good. You know, a six times uh, six times its money back. So it was definitely a big success, and it beat out all the other sci-fi movies that year, including The Day the Earth Stood Still and When Worlds Collide. Oh, that's crazy! Which I need to w- watch When Worlds Collide, but I did watch The Day the Earth Stood Still, I believe, uh, mm-hmm. last year. And it was good too, but it was a different kind of like that was definitely like a message movie. Yeah, this one is I think more this is like more the horror and the shocks and stuff like that. So, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I again, I, I said from the beginning, I don't think this film it's it's not you know going to be my favorite horror film or mm. all t- or anything. But I I did have a lot of fun with it. Still, I mean, yeah. what are you going to give the thing from another world? I was thinking seven. I had I enjoyed this movie. Yeah, I might even go seven and a half. Again, yeah. I, I think it's missing a couple things that. Make mm-hmm. it hit, you know. The, I kind of wish the characters were a bit more fleshed out, but other than a that, a bit more, like, yeah, a bit more um, unique, I guess. Yeah, it's not too long either. It's about an hour, hour and, and a half. half yeah. I believe. I, I think my biggest thing is I would have loved to see the the alien look a little bit 
better. There, there is rumors too. Again, I don't know how true it is that they. I guess in the book, the alien actually looks like this weird creature with like blue with like three red eyes and this weird fangs <laughs> or something. And um, there's rumor that they did tests of that, and they had some one-legged guy doing the test oh, in, awesome. in the suit. But um, yeah, unfortunately, those don't exist. I couldn't find them anywhere, yeah. so I don't know how true it is. But yeah, I don't know. I, I really did en- enjoy this. And again, it, it definitely did feel ahead of its time. Um, I really liked the Nikki character. Yeah. The captain was fine. Yeah, I there's mean, two females in this. One is just kind of like a... She's like the nurse or yeah. something. And she is kind of like just background. Yeah. But again, not to say that because she's female, I think like 95% of the characters Everyone are in this background. is background, right? You have the captain. You have the... Navigators. The, sci- the, the evil... Sci- not evil scientist, yeah. but Dr. Carrington, who's kind of... Getting, Scientists doing mischievous things, and then you have Nikki are really yeah. the. I guess you have the reporter and the reporter. Yeah, you really have four main characters, mm-hmm. and then you have a bunch of other guys that kind of do blend in together. But yeah, this was a nice surprise. I mean, this is a film I've been wanting to see for the longest time because obviously uh, Carpenter's the thing yeah. is a huge film for probably both of us. I'm saying I'm sure it'd be one. high up on our, our list. So, and I've, we've seen the prequels. So this is one I'm, I'm so glad I I wanted to see it. It took a while. Like it, it had a DVD release, and then I was going to buy it, but I think it went out of print. But then and then they mentioned, well, we're, there's a Blu-ray coming out, and that was. Like five years like it took like a good five years before it came out because i heard some of the footage was a bit choppy was, was was lost or a good quality so i think they must have found it because i thought the blu-ray looked great i, mean, I know I there was some scenes that was like oh this looks a bit that might have been the two scenes i forget yeah. what they were but one was the scene where he's tied up and i forget what the other one was but mm-hmm. and unfortunately it is a shame i mean this is a big important film and the only extras you get on the, the blu-ray and the dvd are some trailers yeah it's kind of shitty eh? um it would have been nice to have like know, a documentary or yeah, something or yeah, even just, just like a uh, directors just talking about why they yeah, liked the it, impact like it that. Had and, and on uh, the impact it had on sci-fi and yeah. at the time and I forget what documentary I was watching where Joe Dante was talking about this movie yeah I, I feel like there, it's probably yeah. has been talked about in other yeah. documentaries I guess it just would have been nice if they were on the Blu-ray but who knows maybe mm. Scream will one day get the yeah. right stuff Warner and do a big special edition but yeah I don't know do you have anything else to add I mean this is going to be a shorter uh, episode yeah. we do that yeah, I'm okay, uh, I think yeah. the next episode the Carpenter one will be long yeah we'll make up for there's it there's a little more to, uh, to dissect in that film but um yeah, overall, uh, I say I definitely recommend oh, it. Oh, for sure. And uh, yeah, we'd love to hear your thoughts. What do you What do you feel? How do you feel? Um, I guess comparing the films. How does the thing make um, you feel? <laughs> <laughs> comparing what? What are your thoughts on this compared to the, the Carpenter version? Or maybe we can talk about that after. Have you? I got to ask you a question. Have you watched the uh, prequel to the thing since theaters or no? Did we see it in theaters I feel like together? I might have saw it once after then. I haven't seen it since the theaters. Like, I don't know if I'm. Well, that, that's a film. Kind of yeah. yeah that, that's a film. We'll talk about them. But that the, the biggest thing that yeah. hurt that film was the effects yeah the CGI was not good and it's such a shame because you can find online that they did practical effects yeah and they, they just... looked great but that that we'll talk about that in another episode yeah. anyways guys yeah we'd love to hear your thoughts on the if film if you want to email us you can email us at uh, moviecitymaniacs at gmail.com uh, on twitter we have an account movie city Mani- at movie city maniac and uh, you can find us on Facebook as well. Yeah, just search Movie City Maniacs. We have a, a page you can like, and then we also have a group page, and that's where all the kind of discussion happens. So if you want to share your thoughts on that or, yeah. you know, maybe we missed some really big trivia or anything, let us know. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with John Carpenter's The Thing. Um, really excited about that one. Is mm-hmm. that the first Carpenter film we've covered on Movie City Maniacs? I know we did an episode on Horror and More yeah. podcast. but I think it might be, actually. Maybe our first uh, coverage of John Carpenter. So it's going to be a big oh, one for crazy. us. Crazy. Um, Yeah, we'll be back soon, guys, and... uh, Keep watching the skies. Bye.
Welcome to episode 69. Nice. <laughs> 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 